3: And this is Psych Up Live. My goal and that of my guests is to go beyond the soundbite as we offer a psychological perspective on life issues. Join us in the conversation. Listen in and call in with questions or comments at 1-866-472-5788. Our topic today is an important one. How to Survive and Thrive After Midlife Divorce. And our expert is psychotherapist and author, Abby Rodman. Abby is the author of Without This Ring, A Woman's Guide to Successfully Living Through and Beyond Midlife Divorce. And her new ebook course is From Bitter to Better, Seven Steps to Recovering from the Divorce You Didn't Want. This recent book was named one of 2016's most inspirational books by Aspire magazine. Abby has something valuable to share with both men and women who have dealt with divorce or in the process. She's appeared on the Today Show, HuffPost Live, and is regularly sought after by media outlets. We are delighted to have her as our guest. Abby Rodman, welcome to Psych Up Live. Thank you so much, Suzanne. Thank you for having me. Okay, we are delighted to have you. Um, Abby, your two books actually cover, as I see it, the reality of divorce, both from the perspective of someone who is unhappy and is anguishing about whether they dare be divorced. And those who feel like they, they have no choice and they're kind of suddenly faced with a divorce because a partner won't or can't stay, and a lot in between. I thought we'd start with that first perspective. Abby, what made you write your first book, Without This Ring?
4: I wrote Without This Ring um, after my own divorce. And um, I had been writing for a while, and I actually published a book before this, um, kind of like a a preemptive strike, so to speak, called Should You Marry Him? (laughs) Um, And then without this ring, um, followed that because I realized as I was going through my own divorce that I didn't have a community. And I didn't have, you know, anywhere really to turn to say, okay, I am feeling this tsunami of feelings, and where are all the people that are also feeling this, and where am I going to get my support, and, and how, do I, how do I help people now who feel or have felt that aloneness in the um, divorce process? So some of it comes from you know, the work I've done with my clients. Some of it came from my own personal experience, but I felt like there was a gap in the literature, um, especially as we see midlife divorce um, rising in numbers, and also mm. women initiating these divorces and what the process is like for them. Mm. So that was the origins of of how without this ring got started.
3: What made me really feel the book is so valuable is because I do really think you give that insider story um, that few people think they should share because they're afraid of judgment. I think a lot of people, men and women, would say, I'd rather stay in a bad marriage than face the ordeal of divorce. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not, certainly it's not an easy decision. I think you say, early on you i think you tell your sister two months into your marriage maybe this is not quite the marriage for me or i'm not happy and it's quite a few years later right that you that you actually get divorced
4: oh absolutely i mean i stayed in a very unhappy marriage for a long time and for a lot of the same reasons other people do you know we had kids we had a life together we you know we were married for a very long time um, and, you know, nobody really wants to shake up their life in that way. Right. I mean, it's, a, you know, extremely rare for somebody to say, geez, I'd love to get divorced one day um, right. because it's not something that people want. And when really thoughtful, well-meaning people consider divorce, it starts them on usually a pretty lengthy path to eventually get to that place where they're ready to do it.
3: Yeah. Now, would you say, do you think um, men anguish over divorce as much as women do from your practice and from the people who you've spoken to, the surveys? What would you say?
4: 100% absolutely yes.
3: Yeah, um, I would I'd agree. I would agree with you.
4: Yeah, I don't, you know, I think that um, this, the same things, um, that are important to women are important to men. And w- um, because men may be more reluctant to talk about their feelings or um, you know, e- or spend a lot of time kind of um, reiterating the unhappinesses or the frustrations in the marriage, that can often be read as, well, they don't really care as much or, Mm. oh, it's easier for them. But I have not seen or found, and as you're confirming in your experience, that men have an easier time with it.
3: Absolutely not. Men have, I've seen men anguish. I've seen them so worried about their children, Mm -hmm. um, as well as losing families on both sides. I think you you perfectly say it. They may not share it as much, but it is as difficult for them. Now, let me ask you this. Um, Do you think the children know you're in in an unhappy marriage? People talk about waiting uh, until the children are older. What do you think?
4: You know, it depends on the level of chaos in the house. Mm -hmm. Some people keep their marital issues uh, very close to the vest. Um, Now, even if you do that, there is likely there's still tension. And kids are very intuitive. And they pick up on that tension. And not only that, they are also... um, as they get older, they're exposed to other marriages, whether they be marriages of family or friends. And they may start to put two and two together. Oh, geez, my parents don't seem this way. My parents don't kiss. My parents don't sit together on the couch. My parents don't hug at the end of the day. I mean, they start to observe people who have happier marriages. And I think little by little, they start to understand that something is afoot. Now, if there are huge fights and screaming and yelling and very, very obvious um, frustrations in the marriage, of course, the kids will, will pick up on that.
3: Yeah, I, I think that's very, very well said. Um Many, many people, you know, really try to control it and put their children, the children become central and it almost becomes a solution to their lack of relatedness and it can work. I mean, they're really, they really do take care of their children, Um, but when it escalates or you have someone so depressed or the verbal abuse is so relentless, I ask people to consider Has it not occurred to you that the language you use toward him or her is exactly the language that that child feels directed at them? They're connected with that other parent. So it's really a decision about how safe psychologically and physically the children are. Um, And I know you mentioned it. Some teens, when they hear, or um, my sister and I were in college when my parents were divorced, and... In some ways, it was very good because we had our own lives going on. But it, what was strange was when we were given a kind of a edited history, like, well, your father and I were never happy. We never had a happy holiday. And we both went, we didn't? We, mm-hmm. you know." So it's mm-hmm. like retrospectively editing in order not to feel pain of loss. And that went on for a while. But so I think where, wherever you finally... Decide to to make the divorce happen, to keep your eye on those children and help them through it is central. And I know you talk about that in both your books.
4: Yeah, I mean, kids are. I mean, certainly people who divorce without without children, you know, face their own kind of litany of of issues doing that. But there there's no question that kids complicate divorce because it's no longer just about you and your spouse. It's about how this huge decision is going to affect the people you love most in the world, frankly. Um, So there's, as you said, you know, when kids are older, um, sometimes they do feel, okay, I have my own life. Um, And some may even feel grateful to their parents for waiting. Um, But, just as many college-age and older children feel angry um, for some of the reasons you described, such as, well, wait a minute, all those times I thought we were happy, all those times, <laughs> um, all those holidays that we thought were so great were really just a ruse, Were really they really were, weren't real. Um, and so there are cases, certainly, in which older children can be very angry um, at their parents for kind of what they perceive as living a lie. Mm-hmm. Um, but most importantly, I mean, and this obviously goes without saying is that your children cannot be um, involved um, in the divorce process, and even when it is time to tell your children um, that you've made the decision to divorce, you must be very, very careful about what information you impart to them um, regarding. The circumstances of the divorce. Um, when you burden your children with the ugly details of, um, of the marriage and the dissolution of the marriage, you're really asking their young minds to process something that they really cannot process. Right. And that can do pretty extensive damage. So I always beg my clients um, and other people I might know going through this to leave their kids out of it. Kids do not need to know about substance abuse and affairs and addictions and and any other um, grown-up, if you will, issues um, that they can't possibly understand. So it's really, really important to help your kids, as you said, Suzanne, help them through the divorce, but that means... Supporting their emotional needs through the divorce, not using your kids to support your emotional needs.
3: Mm -hmm. That's where your point um, before about who will my support system be becomes such an important question, whether it's a therapist, whether it's a group of other folks who face divorce. And I'm always um, supportive when anyone I'm working with begins to find sometimes new friends because it's interesting. There is always the feeling like, is divorce contagious? They don't talk to me at the bus stop. My friends don't want to, I haven't gotten a call from anyone who knew him or anyone who knew. Her. And sometimes it is the place and the time where if you can get a support system, whether it's professional and sometimes both is really helpful, you're not going to use your child as a therapist. Your child does not need to hear, as you say, about the other person who has ruined everyone's life. Mm-hmm. So um, the the making of new contacts is a real important one for people to. Look for and to be open to because it may not be that the best friend married couple is going to step up, but someone you least expect is going to be a very wonderful listening ear.
4: hmm Absolutely. I mean, and, and to your point, um, finding your people, so to speak, is so important. Um, you know, through this process, and and another reason I think you know that I felt compelled to write this book is you know, because I lived in a community, and my kids were raised in this community, where not a lot of people were getting divorced, mm-hmm. and so to be the couple, number one, who was getting the the divorce, and number two, also, you know, the shock, um, as you said, you know, oh, we can't believe you two are, are, are doing this, um, you know, it's a pretty lonely experience, and the, and this is true for so many things in life, Suzanne, but unless you are going through it or you have gone through a divorce, you really, really do not understand mm-hmm. um, how world-shattering it is for you mm-hmm. in your life.
3: Yes, Yes, it's true. I see, you know, um, I have the wonderful opportunity of working with people uh, over the years in groups. And whenever people are together in, in groups, they're so supportive of each other in terms of, Especially, one thing you say is once we enter the litigation and the legal situation, I think your words are: you go from two broken-hearted people to combatants with um, legal, you know, backup. And mm-hmm. I, I had a, a wonderful lawyer on on a different show I did, and he was so supportive of try to get through this without losing your soul, losing losing your kids, um, and so. You know, the, the idea that you can say to someone, I cannot even believe what happened in court and have that person understand what mm-hmm. it's like to go to court is a very big thing, Abby. You're really right about that.
4: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's um, it's always heartbreaking to, to get to that place where you realize the marriage cannot continue. And it's heartbreaking for everyone involved. And, you know, but... There is an unfortunate shift, and I think one of the things I talk about in Without This Ring is that, you know, divorce becomes, you know, 75% um, emotional and 25% logistical. But you take mm-hmm. all that emotion into the divorce negotiations, um, and suddenly you're sitting across the table from your soon to be ex spouse and you're you know you're you're divvying up your your lives, and both people are in a tremendous amount of pain are tremendously saddened and disillusioned and it's not a good formula and there's you know a good formula for for feeling good for sure um, but there is so much to what you were saying about your your lawyer guest that you know you must maintain your sense of self and your self dignity and self respect. Through the process because the process will be over, but your behaviors during the process can can certainly be remembered by, by the people around you.
3: Mm. It's interesting. One of the things, and I think you mentioned it a few times, is you do not advocate that people get divorced, but you do advocate that if they cannot stay, they cannot be who they are or they're feeling so overwrought about losing their sense of self and their dignity, often they have to turn to a divorce. Now, it was interesting. In your survey, I think you say, for as much as people say it was difficult, not one person who responded to your survey say they would prefer to have stayed married once they went through that tunnel and they got out on the other side.
4: Yeah, it's it, the overwhelming majority of people who um, participated in in the survey um, about midlife divorce said they did not regret it, um, and there's that didn't speak to, of course, all the pain and anguish that led up to it. Right. But in but in the aftermath, in the in the reflection um, about getting divorced and starting a new life, you're right the majority of people said, glad I did it.
3: Mm. You know, we're going to take a brief break, and we're going to be speaking about Abby Rodman's um, second book, which is From Bitter to Better, um, Seven Steps to Recovering the Divorce You Didn't Want. And From Bitter to Better suggests a process. Um, I have always called it the journey from, oh, my God, to thank God. But nonetheless, (laughs) it's a journey from a very rough place to a better place. Stay with us. We'll be back. We'll be talking about those steps to recovering, um, and it'll be an important thing for everyone to hear.
1: Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
2: You count.
0: Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
2: Where are you getting your advice on buying, selling, or maintaining your most important asset? Your home. Is it from a reality show on cable TV? A comparison website? Or are you just flying by the seat of your pants and gut instinct? Stop now before you make another move. Tune into to Real Real Estate Today with host and realtor, Deb Tomorrow. You can't afford to play guesswork when it comes to your new or existing home. Listen every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety.
0: Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN.
2: You are listening to Psych Up Live. Join in our conversation today by calling Dr. Suzanne Phillips or her guest at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Now back to Psych Up Live.
3: Welcome back to Psych Up Live. We're here with... Author and psychotherapist Abby Rodman. Her books are Without This Ring and From Bitter to Better Seven Steps to Recovering from the Divorce You Didn't Want. And we're going to look at those seven steps right now. Uh, Abby, you use an acronym for these steps. You call it Transit. Maybe you can tell us um, a little bit about these steps. They're very, very interesting and I think really important.
4: Oh, thank you. Um, yes, I when I started putting together um, the steps that I thought were important to helping people, and and you know, as as much as this um, this program, um, you know, helps people who didn't want their divorce, people who also did want their divorce can benefit from it as well, um, because people even even the spouse who wanted the divorce, um, you know, still can, can be suffering immensely, um, following divorce. So, um, but as I was, as I was going through the steps, I realized, you know, using an acronym would be, um, would work. And so I came up with the transit technique and I like the idea of transit in terms of we're moving towards something, um, something else, something new. So, um, we can. Would you like to jump in and, and we can talk about what the steps yeah. entail? Yeah, sure. Look, now, your first one, and, and I couldn't
3: agree more. I have never worked with anyone. I've never met anyone. Everyone suffers as you undo a bond that you, you thought would last forever. So I, I'm so glad that you mentioned there's pain on all sides. And, and I think the first step applies to everyone. You, to, you talk about um, you can't start without a new story. You say talk a new game mm-hmm. and what do you mean
4: well i think that there's a tendency to um And I'm sure, Suzanne, you've seen this in your work as well. Um, and from, even from personal experience with friends and family, um, you know, we all have a story about our divorce. You know, this is my divorce story. Let, let me tell it to you. And we tell that story. And as I say, we, we've told it so many times we could tell it in our sleep. But there comes a time in which it's unhealthy to, have that story and stick with it and never kind of expand that story to include, um, you know, other, other facets of, of the relationship and what happened leading to the divorce. Mm-hmm. So when people talk about their divorce, they're generally talking about their spouse, how awful their spouse was, how awfully they were treated, um, you know, and, and, all, and all of that may very well be true, there's no question. But, you know, divorce is, getting to divorce is a process. And it takes two to tango. And if you want to move on, if you want to feel better, you've got to start telling yourself or recreating the divorce story to include your role in it, frankly hmm So many
3: times, and I saw this, it's interesting, even with my mom, um, who lived to, to 94, and she. it was a remarkably different story that unfolded. At the very beginning, especially if there's been a betrayal, all the only story you can tell is, I can't believe he or she did this to me. But mm-hmm. if you really look closer, and when that painful betrayal starts to ebb a little bit with support, with finding friends, networks... The person, you're able to ask that person, as I think you do, Abby, as I do, were you able to be yourself in this marriage? Were you really able to feel affirmed by this woman or man? Mm -hmm. Was Was this the life that you wanted to carry through? And people start to realize, actually, If one member of a couple is unhappy, it's very unlikely the other can be thrilled. They may be saying, well, I thought this is what marriage was, and you just bite the bullet for the sake of the kids. But the fact is, if you are living in a state of deprivation, if you can't be your true self, I think you talk a little bit, Abby, about your writer, your journalist self. Um, I saw my mother go from uh, someone who stayed home to becoming a major businesswoman who uh, ended up living in the place she had dreamed of her whole life, Arizona. Uh, That never uh could have happened. So the story that she tells in Later Life, and she was a storyteller, is of really, and we were laughing before because my mother's story was one from, oh, my God, to thank God, because Uh she, she could never have found herself, and for reasons that she really had to own also not just because of my father's personality. So I think the idea of looking at all pieces of what was going on, and that's what you invite people to do with the new story, is very, very therapeutic, and
4: actually it's a real growth step. Well, those are excellent points because part of what we need to do is, as we're, as we're moving through divorce, or even when we're done with it, we need to start thinking about, okay, what's next? And as you leave your marriage, you are taking yourself with you. So if you are not clear about what your role was in the divorce um, or in the marriage, um, you're just going to take those things into your next Mm -hmm. life or your next relationship. Um, And that's, That's something that, you know, we see time and time again is that, you know, people get divorced and then they go into another marriage and lo and behold, you know, here, here are the issues once again, rearing their ugly heads. Mm -hmm. So it's so important to, to be able to say, yeah, you know, I could have done this better or I could have, I, 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 I should have been paying more attention or I should have trusted my gut, um, And I talk a lot about trusting your gut because I really feel that most of us, uh, would rather not sometimes because our guts are telling us something that we don't really want to hear. And those messages are hard and, and, and we're, oh, I don't want to, I'm not happy, but I don't really want to leave. Um, but eventually, um, Figuring out a new way to talk about your divorce is going to be healing for you.
3: Mm. Now, this brings up a question with many people, which is, you know, we we talk about um, before you find someone new find you and Mm -hmm. that is you know that's advice but you become very aware that sometimes someone does need to start to make some contacts just to feel viable again or just not to be so lonely and so i usually suggest to people let's then reframe your goal if you're going to do any kind of initial meeting or dating you're still in pain you really are looking at what you bring to the marriage what happened so if you're going to do it, meet people with the idea of being curious about, who is this person? What does this person bring out in me? Mm-hmm. What, what does this person set off that I might think about in terms of myself? To just look for a replacement for the, for the partner that you just divorced, as Abby says, it rarely means that person and the dynamics can change because you are looking with painful eyes and you are looking with only one set of kind of a template for having a marriage or relationship.
4: Absolutely, absolutely, and I really, um, I really think you, you know, as you said, that we need to, we need to really get in touch with ourselves before we get in in touch with someone else, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, part, Some of what I talk about um, is you, know, you should never leave your marriage for anyone but you um, right. because that is, um, that's the only way to do it um, in order to start moving towards a healthier and better life for yourself.
3: Yeah, that's really well said. That's a great way to say it. Now, one thing that you write about, um, we mentioned the, uh, the passage from, you know, bitter to better. One thing you write about that is very, very common, I'm sure our listeners can relate to it, is the, the kind of notion that, oh my God, I'm suffering. Whether you chose the divorce, whether you initiated it, whether you were, you were the person who was shocked into it, many people have the notion that the other person has um, gone into the sunset into mm-hmm. a perfect, into a perfect light, the TV mm-hmm. ending, and it's a. It's it can't be true. <laughs> Let's just say it that way. <laughs> right. There is no way it can be true. But we all go there. That person must now have turned into the original person I married. Everything perfect about him or her. I want that person back. That person doesn't exist, or they would still be next to you as a spouse. <laughs>
4: So true, Suzanne. Um, Yeah, so I do talk in the second step about recognizing that your ex did you a favor Um, because if you are left by your spouse and that spouse no longer loved you or no longer wanted to be married to you, um, why would you want to be married to that person? Mm -hmm. So the favor in this is realizing that um, you know, and that and that also segues into into you know looking at you know your spouse's life and thinking that oh now they have that perfect life um, and I'm the one who's been left behind and that's really that's a, that's a fantasy that's a falsehood. Um, so there's you know there's it's twofold. One is that if you did want to stay with a person who no longer loved you and no longer wanted to be married to, then you have some work to do on yourself. Um, because you're worth more than that right. um, and and secondly that your ex it may look as if your ex has ridden off um, into the sunset um, with some fabulous new life but you know your ex is also suffering and you know there's it's it's very easy to want to um, to say and, and that is that that's so true, Suzanne, that, that idea that, well, now they're this wonderful person with someone else. And you know what? At the beginning of relationship, everybody's wonderful. Right. So if, if your spouse has gone on to another relationship, yes, they may be wonderful right now in this moment, but they also took themselves with them when they left. So if they don't do the work on themselves, they're just going to bring their issues and problems um, with them into their next relationships. And, and I was, I, I mentioned to you in the break, you know, that, that, that I was recently working with a client who's, whose uh, husband had left and she was very, very, and she is very shocked and very upset. And, you know, she uh, painted this picture of this really beautiful um, young marriage and um, And, you know, it was just, it was a fairy tale. And Mm -hmm. as we worked together more and more, you know, there were things that started to to come out. Um, You know, her husband had been physically abusive. Her husband was an alcoholic. Um, Her husband was um, very unkind to her. Um, He would be sexually abusive. So, you know, we went from this fairy tale to a rather starker view of their marriage, which was, this wasn't really that great. Hmm. So, you know, when that guy, you know, when she's left by this man, um, you know, it's, a, it's easy to, to, to go into that space of, oh, we had it all, it was so beautiful, to, wow, well, this is what was really going on in the marriage. And, you know, that's really important to not lose sight of those things.
3: Mm-hmm. Very, very well said. Um, you know, it's it's funny at the very, very beginning, people uh, p- people can get sick, people uh, are lose some weight, people are very, very strained. How could this? T- it's traumatic. It's traumatic. But I sometimes envision having before and after pictures of people on my wall over all these years. <laughs> people look so wonderful. A year and a half out, mm-hmm. they. I mean, they look ten years younger, men, women. Without the hidden secrets, without, without denying what they were facing, um, changes really happened. Now, I want to make sure we have time to say one of the important points as we're taking care of ourselves and trying to move on is to really hold on psychologically to your kids. Because they've lost something familiar and they now cannot lose either parent Uh, One young woman said to me, I actually don't care that they're divorced. I care about being put in the middle. I can't take the fighting. I can't take her crying. I can't take him screaming. That's a really big issue that ultimately helps you be healthy is to make sure you hold on to those
4: kids. You know, it, and it's true, and there are, um, I think that, you know, kids do take up a lot of space in a divorce, um, because they are the witnesses to it, um, and the fallout affects them enormously. Um, they now have two households, they ha- they may have step-parents, um, holidays need to be divvied up, money is shorter than it used to be, um, so divorce really affects everyone, Um I know that when I was growing up, and my parents were going through a difficult time, I used to actually pray that they would get a divorce <laughs> um, because because the home had become such a such a mm. you know unpleasant unpleasant place. Um, so you know, I mean, I think kids deal with divorce differently. I mean, everyone does, but you know, it's very important that as the parents, we are the grown ups. Um, yep. and by that I mean that we set aside um, our, you know, baser emotions, our baser responses, and we act like grown ups because divorce is scary enough for kids, without seeing their parents lose control, without seeing their parents breaking down, Um, we don't want to scare our kids. We want to say to them, you know what, we couldn't show you how to be married, but we're going to show you how to get a divorce. And Mm. by that, I mean, we're going to show you how adults behave. And the message in that is very, very powerful.
3: That's wonderful. You know, we're going to have to take a brief break, but it's a wonderful message. You've been listening to Psych Up Live. We've been speaking with Abby Rodman. She's the author of Without This Ring and From Bitter to Better, Seven Steps to Recovering from the Divorce You Didn't Want. Stay with us.
2: on the Voice America Variety Channel.
0: Tune in to the Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time.
1: Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
2: You are listening to Psych Up Live. Join in our conversation today by calling Dr. Suzanne Phillips or her guest, at 1-866-472-5788. That's one eight six six four seven two fifty seven eighty eight. 472 5788 You may also send an email to radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Now, back to Psych Up Live.
3: Welcome back to Psych Up Live. We've been speaking with author and psychotherapist, Abby Rodman, about surviving divorce, actually life after divorce. Um, Abby, you've written some wonderful books and um, how would our listeners get to your books, get to your website, connect with you? How would they do that?
4: Um, well, it's, um, I love, I love connecting because I mean, I think you, as you know, too, Suzanne, like without feedback, you know, we're kind of stumbling around in the dark. We need to know, you know, what people need help with mm-hmm. um, in order to help them. So people can find me at com. I'm on Twitter at Abby Rodman. Uh, my books are available on my website, um, and they're also available on Amazon. Um, and if if anyone would like to email me directly, uh, my email is info at abbyrodman dot com. And I'm always very happy to hear from people.
3: Wonderful, thank you. Um, so let's talk about let's let's continue. We have some more steps that. I think, are invaluable. One of the things you talk about, Abby, is somewhere in this process of, I mean, nobody chooses to be divorced, but somehow you manage through um, salvaging your own dreams. And sometimes when I was reading that, I thought, you know, but the next step Abby talks about makes sense. Sometimes salvaging our dreams or tossing out the old and redefining the new, Is somewhat obscured by some false notions um, about what divorce is or isn't. So, I wondered if we could talk about how do you grab these dreams and deal with some of those fears you have?
4: Well, I think it's important to, you know, once you get divorced, to, you know, to realize that um, this kind of new life that you have been dreading is now here. So, you may have been dragged into a kicking and screaming, but here you are. So, you have choices. You can either continue to be the victim of your divorce, um, or you can be a survivor and thriver through your divorce. One way I recommend that people um, start salvaging, you know, what what their dreams have been um, is to sit down and think, okay, what did I, you know, what did I actually give up in the marriage? What did I sacrifice? Did I sacrifice a career? Did I sacrifice going to medical school? Did I sacrifice, I mean, and and, and really get back in touch with, you know, those dreams that you had. Now, they may not at whatever stage you're, you are in life, they may not be doable um, still. But there are certainly ways that, that you can recapture some of the things that you may have given up in the marriage.
3: mm mm-hmm. um, I think that that's a, a great way to think about it. Um, and I think talking to other people is very helpful, whether it's a therapist. But even both men and women have said to me that, it's surprising to them that when they actually don't feel like I'm one of them, it's a terrible thing to be divorced, it's a label, when they can put that aside and they mention it to the other coach, or someone mentions it to the woman next to them in the, in the book group, the other person very often says, you know, that's my story or I've been there. And it's, shocking to them that they'll say, you know, the nicest people in the book group or the two women who all, or a mm-hmm. co- men, it's not easy for men, but when they do share, they're always remarkably surprised that they're not alone. They're dealing with, not the only one dealing with um, weekends with kids and doing the best they can. Mm-hmm. So um, I think new viable friends help us with these distorted notions of what was once um, don't tell anybody you're divorced. And as you said, Abby, you know, years ago you might have been the only a person might have been the only one in the class. Now half the children in the class are in blended families. So of course.
4: you know, it's an, an entirely different culture. Um, right. And and I think that you know one of the. One of the traps that, you know, people often fall into when they're struggling through the, through their divorce is looking at other people who have gotten divorced. And, and to your point, which is a very good one, there are people who have gone through it and they will understand, as no one else does, what, what these challenges are like. Um, but at the same time, you cannot compare... Your divorce and your divorce recovery to somebody else's Mm -hmm. Um, people, you know. And and I say, you know, divorces are like snowflakes; no two are are exactly alike. So you may look at your neighbor or your coworker or or whomever and think, "Oh, look, they're just they're just fabulous, and they're so successful, and they've done this and they've done that." Um, You know, what's wrong with me? And the Mm -hmm. answer to that is nothing is wrong with you. the person that you admire, um, you know, through their own divorce, um, was once where you are. So, you know, there's no. When when clients start to compare themselves to others, I just say stop, because that is something that is not going to help you and it's not going to make you feel any better about what you're going through. However, I would say that if you aspire to be like someone who's really succeeded and thrived after their divorce, then that may be someone who um, could serve as a role model for you.
3: I think that's so well said. So you take what is usable, you share what empathically supports you and someone else, but I just love your notion of, No divorce, no situation, just like none of our kids are carbon copies of anybody else's kids. So um, I I really think that that's a good thing to keep in mind. One thing you wrote in terms of the new life that comes post-divorce, that divorce is hard. You said divorce is hard. But one thing you say is you love your post-divorce life more than you hated being divorced.
4: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that is true, and I and I do and I do always am very honest about. You know, I, I would not wish divorce on anyone, and uh, despite the fact that I have absolutely survived and thrived through my own divorce, I'm now in a very very happy second marriage. Um, I still hate being divorced. Mm-hmm. you know it 's something that you know it, it, just because you remarry, just because you go on to something else, you will always be a divorced person, and that is a hard thing because it it meant just you know exponential change for in your life and for all the people you care about and love so but that is true i I love my post divorce life um, and I am among i think the majority of the people who responded to my survey on midlife divorce you know that they're they're happy they did it once it was done well
3: it's it really fits in with other traumatic adult life events, which is no one wanted to go through it, but um, they're
4: struck with the fact that they're
3: okay on the other side
4: yeah and, I mean I think that it's it's about embracing um, you know what can be instead of getting stuck in what was. Mm-hmm. Because what is behind you, you cannot go back to. So there, is, there are only a couple of choices. One is to move through your life in a bitter and angry way as the victim of your divorce. Or the other is to say, okay, you know what? Here I am. I'm me now. This is a new chapter. How do I make it the best that I can make it? And how do I find, you know, a way to make the second chapter in my life even better than than the first. So you're
3: really saying the divorce doesn't have to be your identity. It's something that you deal with. It's something that you lived through. It wasn't easy. But the one thing you, you may not have been able to choose whether you were going to get a divorce or not because no one knows when they marry. As much as weddings are wonderful, you don't really know where it's going to unfold to, but... You do, you can choose your new life as best you can, and that's a choice you have.
4: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, the possibilities are endless. And one of the things I talk about in one of my books is that, you know, once my divorce was over, that's when I started writing. That's when I started blogging. That's when mm. I started um, making media appearances. That never would have happened in my marriage. My husband never would have allowed that. And and mm. as I say, allowed that, it, it it makes me realize that, you know, how unhealthy that phrase is. Mm. Um, you know, that, you know, he would have been very, very unhappy about, you know, some of the things that I talk about and write about. And because I wanted to keep the marriage peaceful, I wouldn't have done it. So in a lot of ways, you know, you can lose your voice. You can lose yourself in a marriage that, um, that isn't supportive um, and isn't healthy. So, mm-hmm. you know, there is, that, there is that freedom of, okay, who am I and what do I want to get back to?
3: Mm-hmm. The other thing that you say so well is um, as you define your new life, try to toss out those things that really never fit in in the old life, whether they had to do with your partner or not. That is, it's an opportunity to move forward. That's even true in terms of your children. I've I'm so struck sometimes that people post divorce have developed different and even better relationships with their children. Not easy, sometimes as blended families. But to see like one dad said, I never made breakfast for them ever. Now I not only make breakfast for them, I know how to do a Sunday morning. I never did this. So you know it's it's we say, you know, sometimes if you keep your eye on your child, they'll grow and you'll Grow. I really think that can happen post divorce also.
4: Oh, absolutely. You know, one of the things I, you know, I recommend that people do is, you know, envision your new life as, you know, the tide going out and seeing what's left on the beach. And, you know, what is left, you know, the, those are the things that you want to hold on to. You want to hold on to your healthy friendships and your children and, you know, all the, the supports that you've built through your divorce. But you do want to let The unhealthy things go out to sea. Toxic (laughs) friendships, you know, things that really have not served you well.
3: Mm. Um, So, if you could give us a very quick take-home message, Abby, what would it be to all our listeners out there?
4: Um, Wherever you are in the divorce process, remember that you are entitled to and worthy of another chapter in your life. And divorce is the end of your marriage, not the end of your life. So move forward and share your gifts. The world is waiting for you.
3: I love it. Thank you so much, Abby, for your wisdom, for coming on. Your books are wonderful gifts, From Bitter to Better, Seven Steps to Recovering from the Divorce You Didn't Want and Without This Ring. Um, I want to thank you. I want to thank our listeners. Remember that you can hear this and any prior show as a podcast on my host site, my website, and on the podcast app of your iPhone on iTunes. Just put in free app app podcast, Psych Up Live, and you'll get all the shows. Remember to drop me a comment or a question at radiohostphillips at com. And until next week, please take care, thanks, and be listening.